Welcome to the podcast of Christ Covenant Church, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America, located in the township of Langley, British Columbia. My name is Gary Vanderveen, and I am the senior pastor here. If you would like to know more about our congregation, please visit us online at www.langleychurch.org. Seated. As Ken mentioned this morning, uh, the sermon today is addressed particularly to the children of our church. Uh, If you are a child or you self-identify as a child, and that's the only time, by the way, you will ever hear me talk this way, okay? Uh, Because you do need to self-identify as a child in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, You may come forward... Uh, The sermon will probably be a little shorter this morning. So children, you may come forward. Uh, Parents, if you need to... um, Well, children, if you need to bring a parent along to make sure your parents behave, let me put it to you that way. You're allowed to do that this morning. So just take a seat here. Um, And can the adults see the the whiteboard? Because you're going to need to see. Maybe I need to put it up here. It's for such a time as this that I crossfit. Crossfit fits into every sermon. Oops. There we go. Okay, children. Um, We're going to begin, or I'm going to begin by asking you a very important question. What happened roughly 500 years ago? Yes, Martin Luther. Excellent. What did Martin Luther do? He posted 95 theses. You've got to speak up because your parents don't know these things. It's, we're teaching them this morning a few things. Yes, 95 theses on a church door in Wittenberg. And thus began the Reformation. So this morning I want to talk with you briefly on one aspect of the Reformation, justification by faith alone in Christ alone. This was a very important recovery at the time of the Reformation because the Roman Catholic Church had corrupted this doctrine. And so we celebrate uh, the Reformation because we celebrate the triumph of the Bible in the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, I'm going to um, talk with you, like I said, about justification by faith alone. And we need to understand uh, a big word. Are we afraid of big words? No. No. Who said yes? That who's who's no? Okay, no. We are not afraid of big words. Okay. The big word this morning is righteousness. And uh, righteous in the Bible can also be translated as justice. It's one word, the righteous one, the just one. It's one word, but I'm going to use both words because that's just, we're stuck with English, okay? Now, in the Bible, God tells people right from the very beginning that they are to behave in a certain way. Do you remember what God said to Adam at the very beginning? 
What was Adam supposed to do? Yes? Yes, not to eat the bananas. Um, Okay, you said apple, but the thing is, we don't know what kind of fruit it was, right? Uh, God said, you can eat of any of the fruit trees. It's all yours. The garden is yours. The vegetables, they're yours. But one thing I require of you, you must not eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay. Now, God said, if you do these things, if you do all that I command, you will be righteous. So righteousness, righteousness is when you do the right things. Okay? It's a big word, yes. Okay? Now, what did God require at the very beginning? Did God say, okay, Adam and Eve, as long as you obey 50% of the time, everything's okay? No, what did God require? 100% obedience. Okay? Now, if Adam and Eve had obeyed in all things... God would have said of them, you are righteous. Because righteousness is the doing of right things. Okay? Now, God is also righteous. Um, I don't know how to um, draw God, but let's say that this box here represents God, and God looks down at Adam and Eve, and he saw, he sees that they do all 100 things correctly, exactly what God said, they obey 100%. Now, if God is a righteous judge, then he would say, Adam and Eve, because you have done righteous things, I declare you to be righteous. Okay? Now, let's say that Adam and Eve only do 99 of the 100 things that God told them to do. If God is a righteous judge, what would God have to say about Adam and Eve? Yes? You are unrighteous. 99% is... Oops. I'm not a great... I failed spelling because I was not homeschooled as a child. Unrighteous. Blame my mother for that. Okay? So, if God is a righteous judge and he sees that you have obeyed everything that he has commanded, the righteous judge says, okay, you are righteous. But if you only do 99 of the things... Or, do you think we usually do about 99% of what God requires? 
No. So let's just pick on me. Let's just put, pick on me. Like maybe I do 5%. Okay. What does that make me? If God is a righteous judge, what does he need to say about me? I only do 5% of the things that he tells me to do. So what am I? Unrighteous. Now, you all with me so far? Okay, we want to add one more thing here. The Bible teaches us, and we find this in particular in the book of Deuteronomy, that if God is the righteous judge, and he finds a righteous person, not only does he declare the righteous person to be righteous, to be just, what does he do to that righteous person? Yes, Timothy. Um, Timothy, that's close. You're almost there. He blesses them. He rewards them. Who said blesses? I knew it. Yes, God blesses them. He rewards them. He gives them life. Okay? You with me so far? Okay? And then, if God is a righteous judge, but we fall short, we only do 5% of the things that he requires of us, and he declares us to be unrighteous, then what does God do to us? It's not a blessing. He doesn't bless us. He... Yes. Say it louder. Curses. Or you could say punish. Or you could say, what's the opposite of life? Death. Death. Okay. Now, here is where we encounter a serious problem. Is God a righteous judge? Excellent. Fantastic. Are we, do we do righteous deeds? Are we righteous or are we unrighteous? You are so smart this morning. Okay. We are unrighteous. But if you were paying attention to Romans chapter 3, and I know you were, because I saw some of you poking your parents, telling them to pay attention. That was very good, okay? If God is a righteous judge and we are unrighteous, how in the world can Paul tell us that God declares us righteous? We're justified, okay? So here's the problem is that God is a just judge and a just judge says, okay, righteous people are declared righteous and they will receive a blessing, reward, and life. But what we find in the Bible is that how many of us sinned? No, more than a lot. How many? Are your parents sinners? Are you sinners? Okay, just, yeah, okay. But 
Am I a nice person? Am I a sinner? Oh, see, they weren't nearly as loud there. They weren't nearly as emphatic in that, okay? Am I a sinner? Yes. Now, we, hey, I didn't ask for, this is not for the parents, Jeremy. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now, we have some babies in this church, don't we? Yes. Are they sinners? Okay. What does this word all mean? All means all. Everyone. Okay? So God is a righteous judge. We are all unrighteous. But Paul says that God declares us to be righteous. He, he declares us to be 100% righteous. Now, how in the world do we get from here to here? No, Timothy, you cannot answer this one. You need to be a little younger. Yes? Pardon? Okay. No. Who said follow God? That's kind of, kind of, but there's something really important. It's because of what Jesus has done. Okay? Yes, he died on, our, on the cross for our sins. That's true. But did Jesus obey 100% of the time or 99% of the time? Okay. Now, is Jesus righteous, oh, righteous or unrighteous? Now, here is the interesting thing that the Bible tells us. That anyone who puts their trust in Jesus receive the righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus, and we are declared to be righteous. So that you, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you stand before God just as if you never sinned. Isn't that amazing? The Bible says, Paul says this, he says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God looks at us just as if we never sinned. How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? Okay, I'll ask your parents. How does that make you feel? Amazing. Now, because this is, um, we're celebrating in part the Reformation kids, I do also have, am I allowed to talk with your parents for just a few minutes or do I need to focus on you? Do I have your permission to talk with your parents? Yes. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, parents. Here is um, how our understanding differs with the Roman Catholic Church, and this is why the Reformation was so important. Because the Roman Catholic system was such, and, and it remains this way even to, to the present, that we somehow had to achieve 100% righteousness on our own. Now, that needs to be nuanced a little bit because it needs to be done in dependence upon Jesus. 
But this is why, for example, they, they, they realize that, okay, you need 100% righteousness to go to heaven. And they realize that we're only at 5%. So they introduce two concepts. Okay, and, and when you think about it, it's like, okay, you can understand how pastorally appealing this is. Right? These things didn't just occur because they were bad people. They wanted to help people because they wanted people to know that you could go to heaven. And so what they came up with was two things. One, you have the saints. Um, I don't know. Please don't judge me. I only do stick people. Okay? So here we have two saints. The first saint here, let's just call him... Pope Gary the Great. Pope Gary the Great lived almost uh, 1,500 years ago, and he was a great man. And he hardly sinned at all. In fact, he did so many good things. He did 105 good things. And so you can tap into his righteousness box. This is called the Treasury of Merit. He has five extra good works that he can apply to you. So who wants to be a bad person today? <gasps> no, you don't. You want to mention your parents, okay? So let's say my favorite name to use, because we don't know anyone by this name, let's call him Bob. Okay, Bob. He's at 5% righteousness, and he prays to God God, please give me the extra five brownie points of Pope Gary the Great. And so now he's at 10% righteousness. Okay? And then Bob dies at only 10% righteousness. So what needs to happen to him? Because he can't go to heaven until he has 100 points of righteousness. So what has to happen to Bob? Purgatory. So in purgatory, he gets punished. He burns a little bit. He suffers a little bit. But over, because he's at 10% righteousness, he spends one million years in purgatory to purge himself of all his sin. And after one million years in purgatory, then he gets to go to heaven. Now, that makes a lot of sense. It's a logical system. The question is, is this what the Bible teaches? No. no. The Bible teaches that Jesus has done it all. That Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension into heaven gives us all the righteousness we need. We do not need any more righteousness. We cannot even contribute to our righteousness. It's all Jesus from beginning to end. And this is why Paul... And this is a very famous verse because it was one of the verses that Martin Luther turned to, Romans 1.17. The righteous live from faith to faith. Because the righteous man begins his life in faith in Jesus. He continues his life in faith in, by faith in Jesus. And he ends his life 
by faith in Jesus. And God says, if you put your trust in Jesus, if you put your hope in Jesus, if you put your faith in Jesus, you are 100% righteous. And you are 100% righteous because Jesus is 100% righteous. It's all because of Jesus. This is, children, you need to listen to me very carefully, because this is wonderful news for you. Because, do you ever sin? But are you still righteous if you believe in Jesus? Your righteousness can never be taken away from you if your hope and trust and faith is in Jesus. You stand before God just as if you never sinned. You stand before God and God the Father says, I know Bob, I know his sins. And before God the Father can even mention one of Bob's sins, Jesus says, Bob belongs to me. And all that I have belongs to Bob. I have paid the price for Bob. I am the ark and Bob is in me. And my righteousness is Bob's righteousness. And even though he struggled in life, and even though he was not perfect in life, he stands before you 100% justified. And that justification can never be taken away from you. Isn't that amazing? You stand before God, children. If your hope is in Jesus, you stand before God just as if you never sinned. And that means that you receive heaven. You receive life. And that can never be taken away from you. How does this make you feel? Happy? Okay. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. If your hope and trust is in Jesus, you have his righteousness. And that righteousness can never be taken away from you. And do I hear an amen? Amen.